0: If you're like me, you love to tell people good news. Some wonderful thing happens, a birth, a new job, an exciting event, and you want to share this good news with others, especially with people you care about. That's why inviting someone to church makes so much sense, because we often talk about good news within this place. So it just makes sense to share it with people who are important to us. But what exactly is this good news that we Christians talk about and want to share? Well, we heard it simply put in that passage from 1 John, the fourth chapter. God is love. Those who live in love live in God and God in them. And then in the Gospel of Mark, again in in the first chapter, Jesus, God incarnate, God in the flesh says, follow me. Not because this is a way to get into heaven, but because he knew it would bring fulfillment and wholeness in life that you can't get anywhere else. Not necessarily out in the future, but today. And I have to say, the language of good news has often been co-opted or stolen by uh, the more conservative branch of Christianity. But We need to reclaim that. We need to own that for ourselves because this is an all-encompassing, fully inclusive good news for all of us. And we need it because we all have bad days at times. A children's book that I used to read our sons when they were little, which actually is coming out as a movie or already out as a movie, I'm not sure. It's based on that book by Judith Viorst called Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. It's about a little boy for whom nothing goes right. Let me uh, read just an excerpt for you. I went to sleep with gum in my mouth, and now there's gum in my hair. And when I got got out of bed this morning, I tripped on the skateboard, and by mistake, I dropped my sweater in the sink filled with water, and I could tell it was going to be a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. At breakfast... Anthony found a Corvette Stingray car kit in his breakfast cereal box. And Nick found a junior undercover agent code ring in his breakfast cereal box. But in my breakfast cereal box, all I found was breakfast cereal. I think I'll move to Australia. So the rest of the book goes over this day in which nothing goes right for Alexander. And the book ends with these words, it has been a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. My mom says days are like this, even in Australia. And it's true, we all have bad days. We all have terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days every now and then. But the important thing is that these days do not mean that God has left us. Life is unpredictable. It has its ups and its downs, but God's grace God's love is always with us. God is our refuge and strength. A mighty fortress is our God, as we sang earlier. In a lesson from Mark this morning, Jesus says, The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe in the good news. I have to tell you, repentance has gotten a bad rap. A lot of times you hear repentance, it's all about kind of negativity, that you're bad people, you're bad people. Repentance is just about being human. Repentance is simply Jesus saying leave those things behind that keep you from living the good news of God's love and don't wait. Do it today. Jesus says to those fishermen who talk about, you know, people who understand good and bad days, completely out of their control where the fish were, whether it was, you know, what the weather was like, what the ocean was like. They knew what it meant to have good and bad days. So, He says to these fishermen, follow me. And these regular, ordinary people with good and bad days, like you and I, it tells us, immediately respond. And it changes their life. It makes, it emboldens them for all that life would bring. And so it is with us. We'll face, and we have faced, terrible, horrible, no good, very bad days. But the good news is that We hold on to our faith. We know and believe that we don't face them alone. And I have to say, we know that having faith doesn't make your life perfect. Going to church doesn't make your life perfect. In fact, it's a place where people join together because we know that God loves us anyway, even with all of our imperfection. It's a place of community, a place which accepts us for who we are and where we learn to be there for one another, where we join together, sharing the love of God that has been shared with us and looking to share that with others, looking to serve God by serving others. And this is at the core of what it means to be United Methodist. It's a denomination that has always combined faith and action. President Woodrow Wilson once wrote of John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, The church was dead and Wesley awakened it. The poor were neglected and Wesley sought them out. The gospel was shrunken into formulas and Wesley flung it fresh upon the air once more in the speech of common people. And people's spirits responded, leaped at the message and were made whole as they comprehended it. This is the good news that we have to share. It's good news that allows us to leap at that message, to grab hold of it, to be made whole, to have our spirits lifted. Christ and then Wesley brought faith and brought hope, brought God's love to all people. It didn't matter, it doesn't matter what our backgrounds, where we're from, what we look like, how we identify ourselves. This is a good news that is for all people, not just for a few I have to tell you, it is good news that involves risk, though. It takes putting your faith in God and letting go of all the other distractions in your life. I remember hearing the story about this person who was walking across a plank. And he slipped. And he grabbed hold of the plank. He was over this deep ravine. He grabbed hold of this plank and he's holding on for dear life. He can't get back up on the plank, and he feels his fingers slipping, and he says, Is there anyone around? Help me. Is anyone there? Help me. No one answers. So as he continues to worry about slipping, he looks up to the heavens and says, says, Is anyone up there? God, help me. Help me. All of a sudden, a voice from heaven booms out. You'll be okay, just let go. Just let go. The guy thinks for a minute and says, is there anyone else up there? That's kind of how we can relate to that. It's kind of uh, our tendency as well. We hold on to these things so tightly that we think are helping us on the journey, and yet it's such a slippery slope. We search for so many other things in our life, so many ideas in our life to save us. I just finished the book Unbroken by Laura Hillenbrandt. I don't know if any of you have uh, read that book. I would recommend it highly. It's a book about Louis Zamperini, who was an Olympic athlete back in the 30s, who ended up in World War II, His plane was shot down over the Pacific. He ended up in a lifeboat, a life raft, for over 30 days. Talk about an ordeal. Somehow he survived that. Then he ends up, right after, getting captured, ending up in a prisoner of war camp for over two years, He is enslaved, he's starved, he's beaten, he's tortured. One camp commander that they called the Bird was especially merciless, singling out Zamperini because of his stature for beating and for dehumanization in all sorts of awful ways. But somehow he survives... And when the war is over, he is freed, he comes back home, and yet his nightmares continue to torment him. Alcohol takes control of his life, his marriage is on the edge of disaster, his life is folding in upon him, he can't let go. And then one day he is reminded of a promise he made to God. If he survived way back when he made to God if he survived. And a preacher actually opens up his heart. Uh, he, he thinks about the amazing grace, thinks about the love of God for him. And Hillen Brandt at this climactic moment writes these words. Resting in the shade of a tree in the stillness, Louis felt a profound peace when he thought of his history. What resonated with him now was not all that he had suffered, but the divine love that he believed had intervened to save him. He was not the worthless, broken, forsaken man that the bird and others had striven to make of him. In a single moment, his rage, his fear, his humiliation, and his helplessness had fallen away. That morning he believed he was a new creation, He found daybreak. The good news that we have to share is about daybreak. It's about coming out of whatever night is threatening to engulf our life. It's about turning from those things that are bad news in our life and believing that there is good news, good news specifically for you and for me. Zamparini lives actually to 97. Unfortunately, he just died like two or three months ago. He had dedicated his whole life to God after this moment. He had a camp for kids and continued to speak on his experience. The reality is that this is why we come here each week. We come here each week to do, to remind ourselves, as Zamparini was reminded of, God's love in Jesus Christ for us. A savior for us. That yes, we are broken people. But we journey with each other. Reminding each of us that we have an unbroken promise. A broken people that live within an unbroken promise. And in the light and in the love and in the hope of that promise. We strive to be the body of Christ. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once wrote that the church is Christ existing as community. That we are God's love in the flesh and we strive to be that for one another in all of our brokenness, in all the ways we try to hold on, but we hold on to each other and hold on to a God and a faith that holds on to us so that we can be a nurturing, caring, welcoming family that shares the good news of God's love with each other and with all we meet. And that's why it's so important to share our faith with others, to invite other people to church, to invite them to journey with us so that we all might be able to be about reclaiming that good news for ourselves, so that we might let it guide our life, so that we might be open to the possibilities that God puts before us today and tomorrow and forever. Amen. Let us pray.